Today on the Italian radio show, pizza in the USA, everything you want to know, and sports with Matt Biondi, including rare interviews with Yogi Berra and Joe DiMaggio. All of this and more coming right up on West Coast Italian Radio. Hello, folks, and welcome to the Italian Radio Show, brought to you by the West Coast Italian Radio Network. I am your host, Tony Lestella, and my co-host today is none other than the one and only Matt Biondi. I hope there's only one. I, yeah, I, I can't imagine there being more than one, you know. <laughs> well, the other guy swims better than I do. Yeah, exactly, so. you know. Hey, he it's great and... being here, uh, Tony. It's been a while, and every time I come back here, it gets better and better. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of it today. Well, we're having some, always a blast having you. Folks, you're listening to us live today, 1150 AM KKNW in the greater Puget Sound area. Uh, or on our internet, you can hear us 24-7 both this week's show and any of our past broadcasts by going to WCIR.biz and clicking at the uh, with a link at the top of the page there. Just remember, West Coast Italian Radio, WCIR.biz, and you can hear all the shows anytime, dear night, anywhere in the world. If you want to call today and be a part of this show, you can call us at 425-373-5527, 425-373-5527, and you can uh, share your opinions, your input, whatever it is, and uh, here we go. Now, for our first thing, you know, we always do, Marcia is not here today, you know. Of course, you know, Marcia being the true Italian girl that she is, she gives me, like, all kinds of advance warning, like calling me up like you know three hours ago. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to be. I'm going to go. I forgot to tell you, I'm on vacation with my husband. You know, so you know, it's, it's all right. Sorry, it's right. no. it happens. It know. happens. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? But we're going to do her segment or our segment or the segment called Un Pezzo di Italia in the Northwest. This is Italian news stories, folks. And you know, they say that truth often is a uh, stranger or at least more interesting than fiction, and that can truly be the case. When you're talking about Italian news stories, because every single one of these is absolutely God's honest, true. We get these. We even have the sources each week where we get these stories. So, Matt, I'm going to let you take the first one. Well, and I have not had a chance to really look this over, but I want to share this with the listeners and 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 then see what uh, what maybe opinion you have and, and what you think about this. So. Venice puts off charging entry fees until next year. So Venice was planning to start charging visitors an entry fee. Yeah. yeah. Now city authorities say the charge won't come into an effect until next year at the earliest. The, the planned new tourist entry fee had been put off from September 1st to January 1st next year. They say the delay was unavoidable. Um, and... Uh, uh, the fee will be between 2.5 and 10 euros, depending on the season. Airlines and coach companies would be expected to pass on the new tax in their charges. The landing fee was initially announced, and the charge would cover all visitors, uh, whether they are staying overnight or or not. Uh, finally, it's described in Italian media as a hit-and-run tourism. Uh, these short-term visitors are accused of contributing contributing little or nothing to the local economy while worsening overcrowded in central areas. What what do you think about this? Well, you know, interestingly, now I've been to Venice a number of times. In fact, uh, we've been to Venice so many times that we really don't go back there much anymore. But when we go to Italy, we go to other places because we've been there so often. And I mean, I love Venice. It's a beautiful city. Mm-hmm. Uh, we always had a good time there. But just, you know, you 
can only only get so much of a good thing, right? And I, I understand on one hand what they're talking about, but I, I, I think you could make that argument about any place in Italy about this hit-and-run tourism. What they're saying is, you know, the people who just come there for the day are not contributing, okay? Uh, that there's a lot of people, and, and, and the reason for this is if you've ever been to Venice, you got to take a ferry there. So the ferry service... I can't remember when it starts, but like 8 o'clock in the morning till 10 o'clock at night, the ferries run back and forth to Venice, right? Kind of like it's about the distance from um, the other side of Lake Washington to Mercer Island. Okay, so you got maybe about a mile that you're going across the water there, right? Then there's no bridge or nothing. I mean, you've got to take the ferries. So they have the big cruise ships, of course, to come in, and like they say, a lot of those every day. And uh, they have some wonderful hotels there. Sometimes people go there, they stay at the hotel, sometimes they don't. But I don't know. I don't know if I agree with you. I, I think they're, they're making these 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 excuses of they just want to charge tax. They just want to charge a fee so they can make money. Because accordingly, if you read on in the article here, mm-hmm. I think it says they're going to make something like 50 million euros a year. I mean, that's like $60 million by charging a two and a half dollar or, or you know a ten dollar tax depending on the season the tourists there well i think one of the issues is uh and they're 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 not saying it entirely on this but the amount of cruise ships that go in there and those are what, what do they spend one day just everybody gets off and kind of checks it out and then leaves again is that is that where they're targeting the fact that there's i don't issue? know what they're targeting because i had to tell you every time we we have been to venice and we have never stayed the night in venice Okay, mm-hmm. we've always like everybody else. Let's go there for the day. We jump on a ferry. We, we get on. We get off, and we go back to the mainland to wherever we're staying. But you know, we spend a small fortune in Venice. You cannot not spend a small fortune when you go to Venice. I mean, between everybody is hitting you up for the glass, the Murano glass places. They want you to you know buy their glassings. We always wind up spending at least four or five hundred dollars on some type of Murano glassing that they ship to you. Um, all the eating there, the, the you know, just to eat there, the vendors, the, all the different foods. I mean, you go there, it's it's just, it's it's like going to Disneyland. Yeah, you, it's, so you only go there for the day, but you're going to spend a fortune. I don't see how they can say they're not making money. I don't buy that. Well, I, and I guess those that would be opposed might be the locals that, that don't want to see as much tourism, or maybe they feel like their city is too crowded. But that's and how then, they make their money. But that's how they make exactly, their money. Exactly, you know. So I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I know maybe the city is crowded and everything. Maybe it's got too crowded. I don't know one way or the other, but I don't think it's a really great idea because you could apply that to any place, not only in Italy, but any tourist attraction in the world. Like, say, oh, you know, we'll see the pyramids going to charge you like just to go to Egypt for, you know, 10 bucks a head or whatever, you know, Rome, you know, wherever you want to go, the Great Wall of China, you know. So I think it just is a they way to make it back somehow. It's yeah, just yeah. the way it is, and and uh, it, they, they, I guess they should get used to it because that, that it's not going to get any any less crowded. It's not. Right? It's not. So, so uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll be right back, folks. We're going to play. We, you heard at the beginning of our show our song of the week, "Stepping Out with My Baby," a wonderful, uh, wonderful Tony Bennett selection uh, that has been performed Very by. Nice. 
Tony and the Goombas. We're going to play you a little bit of that song here, taking you out to our commercial break, and we'll be, we'll be right back with a little more news and then our recipe of the week. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, David, where are you off to? I'm on my way to Mickey's Hair Salon down on the Tacoma waterfront. Wow. She's the hair dresser of the stars. They all love her. Really? She's fantastic. A full-service spa and salon with all the amenities from cuts and award-winning color to nails, lashes, Botox, even Reiki. So why do you go there? Uh, she's going to make me look like Elvis. Mickey's Hair Salon on Rustin Way in Tacoma. Call Mickey at 253-752-5299 for more information. Hey, Dad. Thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast is Cernio Sausage. Visit Cernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Titosvodka.com. Alternative Talk, 1150 on AM, 98.9 HD3 on HD, 1150kknw.com on the web. Stepping out with my honey. So that was a lot of fun. You know, we... uh. We did a whole album of uh, Sinatra and Rap Back and Tony Ben all those swing things uh, about 10 years ago at the Goombas, and that was one of the ones we used to love doing. That I had the lovely Goombet who would mm-hmm. the Goombets who would dance and sing with me on that, and it was great. How we, did you get an idea of what songs you truly wanted to use? Did you pick out the best from? Well, you know, I I, I kind of started that way with picking out what I consider would be the the biggest hits of the Rap Pack. But then as I went along, I mean, we did this show for 25 years and. After a while, we when then we started to play with things. We find ways to make certain things our own, and to um, it was always fun. We we fight. We look for a lot of song and dance things, you know, because people like those things. We could feature the girls and uh, and the band playing different souls. So that was always the fun with stepping out with my baby. Well, you know? and and listen, you've been a master of of not only knowing the songs but knowing the history behind the songs. And well, you can, thank and you. you can sense that when someone is recording or someone is playing. It's just your, your, your way of, 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 of saying in a nice way that I'm really old and been around for a long time. I know this stuff. You know what? Yeah, that actually is. No. <laughs> All right. I'm no. going to get my revenge. No, I'm, I'm going to get my revenge. We talk about That's sports right, here right. a little bit. <laughs> so, you know, um, another news story we got from the local came out June 20th, 2019. Italian police are uncovering gangs that brainwash, that are brainwashing kids and selling them to foster parents. Okay. Italian police, Italian police, police, Italian police have arrested 18 people. This includes a mayor, doctors, social workers for allegedly brainwashing vulnerable children to think of their parents and abuse them so they could be sold to foster parents. This is like unbelievable happening in Italy. Um, 
the police in the northern city of Reggio Emilia made the arrest after investigating in 2018 an alleged network of carriers had been using different methods to make children believe they had been sexually abused, okay? And uh, they would give these children to foster families in exchange for cash and keeping the children hidden away from the real parents in a warehouse. A load meal was discovered by the police. And uh, anyway, it's really a terrible, terrible I, thing. I, you know, I mean, I look at this and yeah, I, I'm you know? shocked to even see that it takes place. Uh, ironically, uh, lower down in the article, it talks about the probe, which was codenamed Angels, Angels and, and Demons. Demons. Yeah. Does that not? Yeah, you know? I know. I know. So um, it's um, it's it's kind of unbelievable that would happen in Italy where it's such a country of, you know, familia. But, um, you know, I guess that's yeah, you get criminals all over the place. So uh at least it looks like they got it stopped and they're getting these children returned to their regular parents. And God knows, without getting overly political here, we probably need to do something similar on our southern border of this country. But uh, that's for another time. Another, another time, place. and yes, like yesterday. Yes. Exactly. So now let's talk about pizza. You yes. know, my favorite food in my entire life has been pizza. I mean, you know, if I... Didn't have to worry. As you get older, you got to watch your weight. I mean, I try to play golf every day. I try to run, do it. You know, and it's still got a weight issue, you know? It's so it's very difficult to find a really good pizza place. Yeah, it but is. if I had my when choice, I'd find, eat pizza every day. You oh, know? Yeah, when you find a good one, then you just sort of latch onto it. Uh, so but, I know you said there was that pizza place in Edmonds that you like, which that's up there by uh, uh, Edmonds yeah, Way and the 100th. Uh, it's it's the, literally not an Italian restaurant. But so it's a bar. They serve good pizza, right? Excellent. Uh, yeah. uh, uh, just for those big ovens they use to. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and the pepperoni, that, that's the key, is is the pepperoni. Same with a, another location called the North Lake Tavern. I, now, I've eaten the pizza of the North Lake yeah. Tavern. I haven't been there for a while. Now, Eric, you were saying that there was a pizza place that you liked a lot. Which was that? Yeah, a place in Tacoma called Salamone's Pizza, which is Salamone's. On, yeah, which is on Tacoma Avenue and right by our friend Franco the Taylor's location. I'm so. gonna have to check. You know, it's interesting. I I saw Franco about a month ago, and I, as I was walking out of his shop, it was an afternoon like this, beautiful sunny afternoon. Some guy was carrying this big pizza thing, you know, and it smelled really good. So that must have been the thing, you know. I got to check this out. I go to what made know, it so good? What was the, really yeah. good, uh, authentic New York style? And mm-hmm. uh, typically, I like Chicago pizza better yeah, than yeah. the. Uh, New York style, but they just do it right. It's really fresh ingredients. They just put the in the oven for the perfect amount of time. It's wow, got that's great. The great little, I got to check yeah. that out. That yeah, sounds really it's good. good. Mm. So, you know, interestingly now, we're not going to be you know unduly biased here because we've all grown up in different places. We all like different types of pizza. I mean, you know, some people like Chicago. Some people like New York. Some people like Napolitano. Um, I know the Tutabella here has a really great uh, Napolitana pizza. It just, I think, depends what you grew up with. For me, I grew up in New York, so I like that New York-style pizza. That just is, you know, not that I don't like the others, but that's my mm-hmm. favorite, you know. And I think it, it plays a lot there. But we found that there are nine different types of pizza in the United States, okay? It's a $30 billion, if you can imagine this, $30 billion annual you know, um, business, I mean, annual, you know, uh, um, industry, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, let's talk about some of these different types of pizza. Okay, there's the original Napolitano, 
okay? And that's kind of the, the pizza that left Italy and arrived here with the immigrants in the USA. This would be kind of similar to what I think is made here by uh, Tutabella. And, and I know the owner of Tutabella, and he yeah. had gone over there and, and watched specifically right. how they make it. And Absolutely. And brought that, those recipes. Joe Fugetti. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And he's a wonderful guy. He makes a great pizza, and it's absolutely great Neapolitan pizza. Definitely tell our folks that, you know, uh, we're lucky to have those places here, okay? So that's one style of pizza, okay? So I know that a lot of our um, uh, off-the-boat Italians, like people like Marzi and people like, you know, who are first generation, tend to like that pizza because that's what they're used to from Italy, okay? Then you got California-style pizza, okay? Well, I kind of squirm with that. I know, I squirm a little bit I mean, the pizza, too. but can, how, come on, California Because they put right? on, well, they put weird stuff on it. They were the guys who put the pineapple. What do you... Are you kidding me? Pineapple on... I, I never got that. Even as a kid, I never got that. You know, they put barbecue chicken on a pizza. All right. I mean, people from California are not quite right anyway. We all know give them, that. Give no them no 10 offense meant anybody, the, you know, but, you know. Give them 10 like, days in the slammer for that one. Exactly. This is not what you really call pizza yeah. from where... At least from where I come from, again, different strokes for different folks, you know, but it's not like... It's not, yeah, yeah. You know, for me, you know... You know, this next one, Chicago Deep Dish. Yes. Now I really enjoyed that. When I was living in the Midwest and had sure. not tasted that before, and I went to Pizza uh, uh, Numero Uno was the name of the... Uh, in uh, Chicago. Yeah, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. And that tasted unlike anything I had tasted before. I was like, I have never had this out West. Yeah, yeah. Well, you that know. is... is that was here. That was 20 years Interestingly, ago. Interestingly, you know, they have... You know, that's in a way how some of... Uh, you know, there, there's some history there again from Italy because it would take, you know, bread. They put, you know, mm-hmm. marinara on it. You put, you know, and you make some pizza out of it there. So that's... That, I agree. Chicago pizza is fantastic. But if it's, if it's made correctly, you can have it thick and not feel like you've just eaten a truck. Exactly. If well, they got two types. Right. They got two types of pizza. So you got the deep dish Chicago pizza, but then you also got the thin crust Chicago pizza, which mm-hmm. is similar to the New York pizza, only it's a little more crunchier. So the crust is a little more crunchier, whereas the New York pizza crunch is a little more doughier. Okay, mm-hmm. so... Um, and also with the Chicago thin crust, oftentimes that's where you get the pizza in the squares. Right. Like that a lot of other places try to duplicate that, okay? All right, then you got Detroit-style pizza. So Detroit-style pizza, best is described, it's similar to like Sicilian-style pizza, okay? It's kind of a deep dish crust, marinara sauce on top. Um, and then, you know, you can put different things on it. Yeah, it's good. It's, yeah, it's it, good. it is good, you yeah, know. Yeah. Um, and, I, I, you know, as a kid, I remember uh, we lived in Detroit for a brief period of time. When I said, speaking of Detroit, and I know we're going to get sports a little bit, Detroit Tigers, I remember seeing L. K. Line as a kid. Okay? Oh, playing right field yeah, number six. And, and I remember him at bat. This is back in the old Detroit park. He would hit the ball literally out of the park, literally out. Out of the park, okay? They had a, yeah. Willie Horton was another Tiger that yeah, could do that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you just don't see that anymore. I mean, that was quite exciting. I remember back in, it was my first baseball was oh, seeing that's great. The, well, that, you know? Yeah. yeah, you know? Long my time right memories. fielder, and the guy was one of the best spray hitters in baseball. Absolutely. Okay, now getting back to our pizza, then you have yeah. New England Greek-style pizza. Okay, I'm sorry, folks. To me, this is kind of like California pizza. You know, no offense to our friends from New England, but... New England Greek style pizza? Are you kidding me? I mean, it that just, makes no sense. It doesn't make any sense. That's like to Brady me, you know? winning another Super Bowl. Exactly. I mean, I know they they top it like with a lot of Greek stuff. You know, like you got Greek olives, artichokes, feta cheese. Wow, feta cheese on the pizza. You know, sometimes Mama you mia, can overdo you know? that, can't you? You get yeah, you yeah. get you, you get you outthink yourself. 
with I know. I mean, I'm sure the Greeks like it a lot, and you know, but it's just not. It's just not my thing. You know, no offense to anybody, but yeah. okay. Now we're gonna get into like probably my favorite pizza in the entire world. And again, I grew up with this, so I'm gonna be a little prejudiced. Is New York thin crust pizza? I mean, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, I remember I. No, oh, that's good. We oh grew up. Gosh. We would go to this place called called Sharky's as a kid. They'd make this pie about the size of this desk here. You know, you could feed your whole family of like twelve people off of it. You know, <laughs> and you still have leftovers for the next day. I mean, those pizzas were big pieces of pizza. And then I lived for like uh, twenty five years, and I was singing in New York with the opera and on Broadway. We lived two blocks away oh, from man. Vinny's Pizzeria, which the entire time that I was in New York, that won the number one. Every year they would win number one because they have this contest for the pizzerias in New York. Yeah. It would be the number one pizza in all of New York. What was it about their pizza that made it stand out? I, I, I don't know. You know, there's a lot of debate about that. Some people say it's it, it's the water you got in New York. Sometimes you, I, I, I don't know what it was, but their pizza was fantastic. I mean, you could make, you go get a slice and literally you could have, like, it was like you, you could make a dinner of it. You know, it was, it was just You know, fantastic. there's a guy now online, he reviews pizza pizza places but he, he goes in there and surprises them yeah yeah, uh, yeah. i don't know if you know who i'm I talking think I, about i think i've seen one of the videos it, it's, before. it's it's pretty hilarious. funny yeah and these yeah. guys aren't used to it, and they go god why did i make it greasy <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. all right and then last but not least we have the well we have a couple more the st louis style pizza kind of a unique take on the new york style pizza um thin has thin cracker like mm. crust made without yeast so it doesn't you know go up much Top of the Provel cheese rather than mozzarella, and uh, they it's used primarily in the St. Louis mm-hmm. area. I've never had it. I don't know what it's I've like. I've never had it either. But you know, apparently it's a big hit down there. And then of course in Jersey, you go to Jersey, oh, yeah. you got what you call tomato pie. And this is another thing. When when, when I was growing up, we would call it a hot pie. We never call it pizza. Hey, we're gonna go get a hot right, right. pie. Let's go know? get a pie. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. When I was in Philly, the same thing. Exactly. The tomato pie, it's kind of a type of pizza by the early 1900s Italians in Philadelphia. And uh, they, you know, it's now it's kind of has evolved down to New Jersey area. Cheese, it has kind of a, there's cheese toppings that are placed on top of the sauce in the pie. And, uh, and, and different things placed underneath the sauce. So it's a variation, okay? Um, I can't remember if I ever actually had a Jersey pizza before, but, you know. I, I've had one. Yeah, how is it? it? was it? Very good. good? And, yeah. yeah, and it's about that, uh, you know, about that tomato sauce. Uh, how how good is that? How you know? Yeah, yeah, Rich yeah. and texture, all that stuff, and not soupy, but rather you know hearty. Well, you know, this segment has been brought to us by Tito's Vodka, one of our great sponsors. Uh, they are so good to us, and uh, they're very good to our veterans too. They donated a lot of product and uh, and support to the Tacoma Freedom Fair. That enabled us to uh, to raise a lot of money for our veteran charities, and we really appreciate Tito. So they bring us every week our food and our beverage segment. And here we're going to go and take a quick commercial break. We're going to hear a little bit more from them and our other sponsors. Hey, Dad, thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast. Cicernio sausage. Visit Cicernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. 
Pacific Food Importers has been distributing Mediterranean food products in the greater Seattle area since 1971. Beginning as an olive import company, PFI has evolved into a well-known wholesale food distributor in the Pacific Northwest, servicing restaurants, grocers, manufacturers, and caterers. Family-owned and operated, PFI stocks a wide variety of cured meats, specialty cheeses from around the world, and a vast range of Mediterranean products. PFI's service area includes the greater Puget Sound region and Portland, Oregon. Situated in North Kent, PFI has a central location allowing for efficient service and delivery, as well as convenient will-call pickups for established customers in Seattle. Pacific Food Importers Incorporated is committed to providing quality products at competitive prices to the food service industry of the Pacific Northwest. Visit PacificFoodImporters.com for more information or to contact us. Hi, I'm Tito Beverage, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. When I got into this business, I used to make flavored vodka infusions for my friends as gifts. When I started to make a go of it, the owner of a local liquor store showed me the dust on some flavored vodka bottles that sat on the shelves. He said, if you can make a straight vodka so smooth that you could drink it just by itself, then you'd really have something. So I did. And now all these years later, we still only make one flavor, vodka flavored vodka. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Yo, David, you look 10 years younger. What happened? Yeah, I just came from Mickey's Hair Salon down on the Tacoma waterfront. She specializes in hair growth. Wow. Yeah, she does this laser treatment stuff that makes your hair grow like crazy, based on the same stuff the astronauts use to grow plants in the space station. Mickey's Hair Salon. Yes, on Ruston Way in Tacoma. Call Mickey at 253-752-5299 for more information. That's MickeySpotAndSalon.com for amazing hair growth. Alternative Talk 1150, the talk of the sound. I don't know, Matt, there's just something that is just sexy. Just sexy about Connie Francis's voice. I mean, it just, even to this day... You know, forget about Lady Gaga. Forget yeah. about Madonna. That woman had sex appeal when she She's sang. Good. I'll, I'll make you a deal. You, you you have Connie Francis. I'll take Connie Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. They're both pretty good. I tell you yeah. what. You know, I mean, some of you know, she was just Connie Francis had that she, great voice. Oh, what a voice! You know, and yeah, she my was parents just loved her. Beautiful, beautiful yeah. woman. Um, you know, had a really long and just fantastic career. Interestingly, you know, they're making that. I think they didn't they make that movie uh, Who's Sorry Now? Remember that? And that was based on her life with um, Gloria Estevan, mm-hmm. um, who, you know, produced it and played the lead. And I don't know, did, did, I'm trying to remember if they ever made the movie. I read about it. I don't it. recall. I don't recall either. But interestingly, Connie Francis is not, she's not in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and yet she's the first female pop star worldwide who has recorded in. And had hits in nine different languages. How is she not in the Hall of Fame? I have no idea. You know, I mean, it's all political. Like most of this crap is. What are you going to do? You know. So, but let's get out of politics and let's get into sports, baby. Now you're talking. Uh, I tell you what, you know, something that I know my friend here has excelled at. Um, God, I mean, I'm just you know all uh, geared up here. You know, of course, the Mariners are playing now. I always love baseball, and you know, I'm just a home guy. A home team guy. I mean, when I lived in New York, I was a big 
Yankees fan. Not be- I mean, the Yankees, don't get me wrong, the Yankees are the greatest ball team of all time. But, I mean, you know, now I'm here in Seattle. I'm a big Mariners fan. I know sometimes they're up and down. What are you going to do? But, I mean, I mean you got to always root for the home team, right? Well, you do. That's that's what you do when you're a baseball fan. But the, so much of the history is etched in New York City. Absolutely. Uh, which you're going to uh, tie this next story into a little bit. But that you could just talk about the many championships that the Yankees have. And will that ever be equal? You know, I doubt Well, I tell you what. Well, they have players like Joe DiMaggio, Yogi Berra. In fact, let's... Go to an interview. This is an interview that comes to this us. This is going to be fun to listen to. Uh, absolutely. This is from our friends at um, at Steiner Sports. I did this interview back uh, about four years ago with Reggie Jackson talking about his favorite Yogi Berra memories. I want to tell one Yogi story before we miss it. Uh, we talked about Old Timers Day and... And in, on this day, they had, you know, Joe D and Mickey were there, and Yogi, Rizzuto, and, and Whitey, and myself. And I was in the Hall of Fame at the time. And for some reason, Yogi was standing next to me. Um, I don't think Phil was in the Hall of Fame then. And every year, um, they would run a, a, they would scroll all of the people that had passed during the baseball right. year. Yeah. You ever heard this story? Yeah. No, during the baseball yeah. year, it would, it would, they would scroll down the people uh, that had left the baseball world. And you'd see uh, Lee McPhail and the different players' names that came down there. Yogi is standing next to me, and he, we're watching the thing go, and he goes like this to me, hey, hey. And I said, yeah, Yogi, what do you want? He said, Boy, I hope I don't ever see, see my name up there. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, that, that is a true story. You know, uh, another, one other story I wanted to tell you, say is in spring training in, in his, his last couple of years, um, I happened to be the last in the clubhouse with Yogi. Gator was outside waiting for him, uh, just in the hallway there. And I was watching him getting dressed. And I looked around at the names in the room, and I looked up at his name, and I said to myself, wow, I'm, I'm in here with Yogi Berra. And that was my moment, you know, that was special to me. That's something. I got to tell you, you know, I mean, they're just, I, I don't know what it is, but it's kind of like we talk about these old singers like Connie Francis, you know. We just don't have that type of panache we don't have that type of panache with today's players like that anymore we don't have the personality nah i mean no. the characters and and I, I, uh, because yeah. back then you know a lot of these ball players not not the, the best ones but a lot of these ball players had a second job oh yeah you know, yeah they, they yeah. did not make enough money so they were they were more you know street smart and, and they were quick-witted and they, quick they, and they yeah, exactly so i gotta uh, share a quick story so right. back in 79 I was uh I was at in school and I was interning at KVI Radio in Seattle at the time. Yeah, yeah. 570 I believe. Right. And uh and I was interning there for the uh, sports department and so I was lucky and fortunate enough that I had the Mariners beat that summer. Oh, so I that's was down there great. in the oh, I'm a wide-eyed yeah, yeah. 19-year-old kid. Wow. And I mean I 
grew up with these idols of, you know, sure. uh, Willie Mays and Mantle and Gibson, you know, all those posters yeah, and all exactly. So I'm I'm watching the Yankees. I, I go down to the Kingdom and I'm I'm sitting in the Yankee dugout and I'm watching the Yankees take batting practice. And I I I see this. I'm I'm walking down the corridor before I get to the uh, d- uh, dugout. Long dark. It's almost like the Mean Joe Green commercial with the drinking the soda. Right. The right. Yeah. And there's a guy with about eight bats on his shoulder wearing number forty four. Yeah. Reggie yeah. Jackson. So I got two yeah. stories here. So <laughs> okay. I and I'm and I'm in press. So I can't ask for an autograph. I could get in tr- trouble. But I said, Hey, listen. This is my brother's favorite player. He. All, I, I brought a Sports Illustrated that. Uh, Reggie was on the cover, to and I and I went up to him. I said, uh, "Reggie, uh, do you mind if you sign this?" You know, and he says, "You know, you're not supposed to to be down here uh, asking for that." Uh, he goes, "I will do that today, but consider this the luckiest day of your life." What <laughs> Reggie Jackson told me. So wait, I got another. So okay. <laughs> so <laughs> which is great. So I continue to the dugout. Yeah, can yeah. they're hitting BP, which is just the greatest because. You know, chewing tobacco, right, spitting, right, yeah. it's, it's, it's ball players. Yeah, this is what yeah. it's all about. Exactly. I'm sitting in the Yankee dugout, and, and over sits down Yogi Berra. Right wow. ne- right smack next to him. Oh, my God. You're 19 years 19 old. 19 years I, I mean, you know, he's Sitting by like a legend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If, I, if my old man was there, he would have gone nuts. <laughs> yeah. So Reggie's talking to somebody I can't remember. And I'm telling you, Tony, there is an F-bomb about every four words. Right. But but it wasn't he wasn't upset. He was in fact he was having a nice day. But it's just the way he talks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and at the very end, he knew I was sitting there. I was just, at the very end he turns to me and says, uh, you didn't hear any of that, did you? Uh, you know, with a half smile on yeah. his face. And I said, Hear what? <laughs> and, and then he tapped me on the shoulder with kind of a wink, you know. And uh but I, I, I mean, I, I couldn't believe. I, I, the guy was sitting right next to me. Wow. I just couldn't believe it. Man, oh man. you know, and that, yeah. that's, uh, and and that was one, you know, that was when Billy Martin was their manager. Oh yeah, yeah. So it, it was you know, just all a those goose Italians all dominated. All the Italian Americans dominated the Yankees. Yeah. For several decades, decades. You know, the great and players. It, and it plays into the passion of the city yeah, and the yeah. heartbeat of what the Yankees mean to New York City. Absolutely. Uh, so that was just. Such a cool time, and and as we saw, I mean, Yogi, he didn't slow down till the end, right? Not and at he all. came up yeah, with these Yogiisms, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, for years after that, absolutely, yeah. What a great, great story. We have another one here uh, that I'm going to share with you. This is a uh, Joe DiMaggio interview, another great Italian ball player from 1991. This is provided to us by one of our uh, partner stations, KSDK TV. No, I've never given it any thought. You can't blame these ball players today for getting all this money. The club owners are the ones that are giving it to them. Sure. Why should they turn it down? They go to arbitration. They don't do so bad at arbitration as well. And I think so long as those sponsors are, um, you know, are feeding the uh, networks, why um, baseball is going to get a bigger share of the pot. Besides, what could you have paid a man who many considered the greatest all-around player to ever put on a baseball uniform? He could do it all. And he always did it with class, rarely showing emotion. ...against Joe DiMaggio in the sixth game. The Dodgers' Al Gianfrido, whose breathtaking catch saved three runs. Well, when he made that great catch, sure, it was an emotional thing because I was close by the second base and I gave the dirt a kick. But it's a good thing it wasn't close enough to the bag. I'd have never got out there. <laughs> I would have never got to the field again. But uh, it was one of those kind of plays where... 
he was just a little bit out of position and he went as far back as he could throw his hand up and come up with the ball. I have to give him a lot of credit for what he did. People talk about the 56 game hitting streak and the fact that it may never be broken. That's one of those records that may never be broken. What do you think? Well, we keep hearing that it'll never be broken, never be broken. But all records are made to be broken. And there are quite a few records that have been broken that we didn't think would be broken. For instance, the pitching thing that Hershiser pitching six complete no uh, uh, shutout games. That was fabulous. I didn't think right. that record could ever be broken. Mine, somebody will come along and break that record. One thing they're not going to take away from me because of the Yankees won 10 pennants and nine worlds championship, and nobody, I believe, is going to do that for a while. I got to tell you, like you said, these Excellent. guys were just in a class by themselves, both on the field and off the field in interview. They just had a style. They were classy. They were humble. I mean, you know, because I think a lot of them, like you said, they came, you know, from basic Italian families mm -hmm. from the streets. Their their parents were immigrants. So, you know, they weren't big shots. They came up and they kept that, that the humility, you know. So quick story. Uh, and I was fortunate enough to get DiMaggio's autograph wow. um, before it passed away. But uh, so the DiMaggio family grew up in the Bay Area. They oh, were, really? They were San Francisco people. Gotcha. And uh, my grandfather... Uh, was a commercial fisherman. Same with my uncles and all that. And they would fish for herring in the wintertime in San Francisco Bay. Summertime and fall, you know, Alaska summer, fall Puget Sound, winter, herring in San Francisco Bay. So my grandfather got to know, he, he never met Joe, but he did meet and he fished with Dom and Vince were Joe's two brothers. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> and this was probably back in the 40s. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, and said they're, you know, great Italian guys. Like I said, he never met Joe, Joe but but uh, but that goes to show you that, you know, these guys had other means right, of, right. you know, making money besides, you know, baseball. And they were just from regular Italian families. Correct. The folk, their parents came over as immigrants. They... Grew up here. They they didn't look at themselves as big shots. They just looked at themselves as being thankful to be able to do what they love to do and make some money at it. And you know, and uh, just became icons, and, and, legends. And going home and supporting their families. Yeah, uh, yeah. And he touched a little bit on the you know free agency situation now. And of course, if he was playing now, he'd be like anybody else. Yeah, but, yeah. But back then, it just. Uh, your your character was into play there. Absolutely, absolutely. Folks, we're going to be right back after this short word from our sponsors. Don't go away. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In the mid-90s, I bought a piece of land in Austin with a credit card check and built the very first micro distillery in the history of the state of Texas. I'd never built a still before, so I did some research and designed and built my own pot stills based on Prohibition-era bust photos I found in the library. I didn't know then that this was kind of the start of the American craft distilling movement right here in Austin, Texas. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Hey, David, where are you off to? I'm on my way to Mickey's Hair Salon down on the Tacoma waterfront. Wow. She's the hairdresser of the stars. They all love her. Really? She's fantastic. A full-service spa and salon with all the amenities from cuts and award-winning color to nails, lashes, Botox, even Reiki. So why do you go there? 
Uh, she's going to make me look like Elvis. Mickey's Hair Salon on Rustin Way in Tacoma. Call Mickey at 253-752-5299 for more information. Hey, Dad. Thanks for helping me cook this Italian meal. we got to pass down our family recipes. Your food is always so good. What's the secret? Having the best authentic ingredients, like the Cicernio sausage, for instance. Fresh cuts of meat with no preservatives. I remember what my friend Frank Cicernio said. All natural Italian sausages to make the perfect Italian meal. No wonder it tastes so good. Available in major supermarkets up and down the West Coast is Cernio Sausage. Visit Cernio.com for recipes or to find a store near you. Alternative Talk 1150. All right, so now, you know, we were talking about pizza before, Matt. Mm -hmm. So I figured, you know, we have to educate some of our listeners here. No offense meant anybody. I know the people you know, in the Northwest have different traditions than what we grew up with back East. But we got to let you know, like, some of the terms, if you grew up back East, that were related to pizza, okay? The Italian-American pizza terms, at least as they existed, if you grew up back in the 40s, 50s, 60s, or 70s, in the uh, Upper Eastern Seaboard, I would say anywhere from, like, Philadelphia up to Maine, you know? And you're Italian-American, these are the things, okay? So, first one, plain, okay? They would say, I want a plain pizza, okay? They, that just meant you want a pizza, just a plain cheese pizza. They said, I want a plain pizza, okay? Um, or the, another thing to say, I want a regular slice, just a regular slice. The guy would mm-hmm. know you meant that would just mean plain cheese only, okay? You take the next one. Yeah, so um, in, in uh, New York, you can say I'm getting a slice, and people will know what you're talking about. However, elsewhere, piece of pizza is preferred, and if you say slice, you'll need to qualify it with a pizza. Right, right, exactly. You know, that makes sense, actually. Now, this next one is one, as I was saying before, and I grew up, I remember my grandparents, my parents, we call it, we're going to go out and get a hot pie. We're going to get a hot pie. Or maybe they say pizza pie, but mostly I remember when they go get a hot pie. And, you know, and we all love the hot pies. So um, it was that whole pie was the kind of the Brooklyn the Italian mm-hmm. thing that was going on back there, right? And that was very, very common right probably until the uh, early 70s. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then look at pizza parlor, pizza shop, or pizzeria. So people don't seem to... Yes, you could say to feel as passionately about the place they get their pizza from as the pizza itself. So pizza place was the most popular, followed by pizza parlor and a close third pizzeria. And I hear you don't hear that very much. You don't. I mean, but I can go pizza back. Pizza parlor, that's yeah, old school. Yeah, I know. I can go back actually today to places, you know, up in the, in the upstate New York area. They still call, I'm going to go to the pizzeria. They still call it a pizzeria. pizzeria. Right. Yeah. I don't know of any place out here in the Northwest where they use the term pizzeria. And, I, and never pizza shop. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Then you get a party cut or a pie cut. Okay. So when you talk about, like the, we talked earlier, the thin Chicago style pizza, you know, they give you kind of a cut like a, what they call a, a party cut. It's cut like in squares, like a grid versus a pie cut that's cut in triangles or wedges. Now, of course, this also depends where you were, are, are mm-hmm. at. Like um, in Chicago, you probably have that option. You get either the pie cut or you can get the party cut. In New York, you, I, as far as I know, you only got a pie cut. I can't remember ever seeing the squares in New York. I mean, and now they probably I, you know, have personally, them. Personally, you know? I've kind of had a problem with those squares in the middle. 
Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just exactly. a, like, what, where do I hold on to it? Exactly. You got no crust, I think, yeah, eh? Yeah, yeah, So, all right. All right. So, uh, so the question, party cut or pie cut? That's so what we just did. Okay. Oh, well, I knew that. All right. Uh, so, <laughs> oh, here, here's a good one. So, if you walk into a pizza parlor and order a, um, um, what's called a, a Beats, uh, you'll get one without uh, mozzarella. Um, so it's pronounced a bees or looks like a bees pronounced yeah. a beats. A beats. Yeah. So yeah, then without and as the Italians say, especially like if you're in Brooklyn, no mozzarella, no mozzarella. No mozzarella. They don't no, even. Yeah, there's no. Yeah. Uh, no mozzarella yeah. beats. You know, so yeah, so they would have it just you know without the uh, cheese on. Okay, and of course, last but not least, uh, all dressed pizza. Okay, that's just like if you want a pizza with everything on it. I want an all-dressed pizza, you know, everything on. I never really heard that. I've up, never you know. heard that here. No, I haven't. I think it's more like a Canadian thing, you know. Or from, if you say, uh, what do you want? I want the works. Maybe yeah, you say Yeah, the works that. or everything yeah. on. I mean, it's all The combo. Do. Exactly. That's exactly. what it is. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, uh, we speaking of different uh, events that are going to have pizza, there's a lot of pizza-style events coming up here uh, over the next few weeks in the Northwest. We're going to start uh, out by... Telling you in our events calendar, we're just going to hit kind of the main ones, and then we're going to give you some save the dates. So, Matt, you take the first one. Yeah, so Sunday, August 4th, Italian Day at the ballpark, 12 noon, the Rainiers of Tacoma against the Iowa Cubs, Cheney Stadium uh, in, D- in Tacoma. That's always a lot of fun. That you know, is yeah. a lot of fun. Just yeah. go online there at Cheney Stadium. I'm sure you can get some tickets there. Then we have a couple events happening on August 18th. Okay, we have the All-Italian Community Picnic. That's the biggie out there at Royal Arch Park, which pretty much every Italian organization in Western Washington attends that one. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's supported well by, I know, both PFI and San Gennaro Foods that, you know, give a lot of food out there for people. So I think it's like a $5 charge to get in, but you get your hot dogs, you get like a lunch or that. But then, yeah, I got to tell you, every time I go there, Every single lodge, every single town club has a has a picnic area. You go from picnic area to picnic area. I get everybody's homemade wine. I get their homemade limoncello. I get so lit by the time I go through that park. You know, <laughs> it's like you know for it's just so a you great just time. jump in the wheelbarrow at the end and That's they just exactly. Kind of I gotta out. take a designated driver to get me out of there. You know, so the other one, if you can't make it over here on the. Uh, other side of the lake, the other side of the pond, so to speak, over in Bremerton, our friends over there at the Castaldo Sons of Italy Lodge also have their annual picnic on the same day, Sunday, August 18th. And uh, both of those events are going on. Make sure you look into that and uh, come out and join one, if not both of those, because it's always a great time. And we talked about uh, perhaps hitting golf balls uh, sometime soon. But yeah, on we the did. 21st of August, the Italian Club Golf Tournament, 1 p.m. at Echo Falls uh, in Snohomish. 150 per player. Includes green fees, cart lunch, dinner, and prizes. Uh, give Brian DiGiulio, great Seattle Italian uh, last name, uh, a call at 325-820-4424. bucks. Green fees, cart lunch, dinner, and prizes. That's a good deal. Yeah, it's a That's good, heck good of a deal. It's yeah. a great amount of fun. I play this now. We've had teams with... Uh, West Coast Italian Radio and La Stella Foundation the last couple of years, and it's just a yeah, blast. Yeah, yeah. Have you played that course? I, I played the course, yeah. It's, it's been, a beautiful been, course, it is, isn't it? A nice really course, nice, course. nice course. They got that, I think, ninth hole that you got to shoot on that little island next to the yes. clubhouse. That, 
And you can't overshoot it or I mean, you got to hit that thing exactly like at 150 yards. Yeah, and if drop you overshoot, it. if you yeah. over club by like two clubs, you're gonna uh, end exactly. up hitting the mater D. You got to uh, put that ball high yeah, in the air yeah. and yeah. drop it, baby, on yeah. the green. So yeah, it's always a blast. Brian's gonna be here next week. In fact, is our guest telling us more about that. Nice. And we have some save the date things coming up, folks. Italian Day at the races, September 1st at the Emerald Downs Racetrack in Auburn. We're gonna have about 400 free tickets to give out starting in about a week. Here, we're gonna have all kinds of uh, ways you can get those tickets. So make sure you let us know if you want some tickets. That's always a great fun. And Tony and the Goombas are down there playing all day along with all other kinds of Italian activities. You have, of course, September is the Italian Festival Month here in Seattle, starting with the San Gennaro Festival the first weekend, going on to the Mass in Italy, the Festa Luncheon, the Taste of Italy, and, and finally, at the last weekend of the month, the Biggie, the annual Festa Italiana at Seattle Center. We're going to be down there all weekend, of course, with our booth. We're sponsoring mm-hmm. the big Saturday night uh, all-star dance and jam that, mm-hmm. that we will bring to you with all of our big uh our, our, our special headline entertainers from Festa. And uh, then, of I, course... I, yeah, I think we both yeah. went to that uh, lunch That's, at, at Seattle Yacht It's going to be a blast. It's always yeah, been a was blast. Okay, was so yeah. Make sure you set those dates, folks. Matt, this has been a blast having you on the show. It just flew by, didn't it? It does, it does fly by. Yeah. It's a great time, so we're going to have to do this again soon. And meanwhile, you and I need to go out and shoot some golf and have a, you know, and, uh, you know... Correct that slice of yours. Exactly. Yeah. Got to correct that. I've been yeah. correcting it, so we'll work on some more <laughs> for the tournament. All right, folks, we'll be back next week right here on the West Coast Italian Radio with Brian DiGiulio telling us all about this Italian golf tournament and other things he's been up to. He's a great singing voice, of course. Uh, and uh, make sure you listen to us live every week or on the Internet. You can hear us 24-7 this week's show and all past shows by going to WCIR.biz. That's West Coast Italian Radio. Biz. We'll see you next week. <laughs>